This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast designed and produced specifically for Florida small business owners and entrepreneurs. Small Biz Florida, talk that works for Florida. This podcast is supported by the Florida SBDC Network, providing the tools, strategies, and expertise to help Florida's business community thrive. Visit the Florida SBDC online at www.floridasbdc.org or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast and broadcast that's all things business across the state of Florida. And all things business are happening right here in Orlando at the 12th annual JMI Small Business Leadership Conference. I am Tom Kindred, your host for Small Biz Florida. And as I've said many times, I love this conference because it is truly all about small business. Uh, Lots of um, innovative Uh, informative speakers and presenters here at the conference, and we have one of those very uh, innovative and informative speakers with us right now. We've got Katie Howard, who is an innovative HR consultant with the James Moore Accounting Firm. Uh, Katie, welcome to Small Biz Florida. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me this afternoon. Yes, and you are, uh, you spoke on one of my favorite the and favorite. We the, said the favorite yeah, earlier. Yeah, the favorite topic <laughs> and the probably hottest topic right now. Uh, but I dated myself because I said it's all about millennials in the workplace. And you said, yeah. Tom, that's so old news. Yeah, they're kind of old news now. It's more about Gen Z focus. <laughs> did we, well, did we, did we, did we, um, did we learn how to work with the millennials? Did we did we did we figure that one out? I mean, I don't think we have it fully figured out because okay. human nature is really hard to figure out fully anyhow. Right. It's always shifting. Okay. However, I think they're relieved for Gen Z because the spotlight is uh, they were they were always you know <laughs> yeah. under speculation, and now good, it's like good point. Thank yeah. you for Gen Z. That's a good point. That's probably the truth because that back. Um, Back about five, six years ago, it was all about millennials in the workplace. Oh, so. and their entitlement and this and that and all right. the stereotypes that came right. with it. You know, they don't know how to work without their phones. And right, yes, right. right. Um, well, let's start as we always do. I'm looking forward to the conversation about this. You, you spoke on a great topic. What was the topic title again? Managing a Multi-Generational Workforce. Love it. Yes. Um, all right. Before we get to that, let's go to this uh, pathway background on you. Sure. Uh, how'd you find your way to uh, HR consultant at James Moore? Well, way back when people didn't pick HR as a field, they kind of fell into it. And I was actually a finance major that ended up working on pensions. Pensions went away, um, except I was hired in a benefits department at a large healthcare system, kind of just kept migrating through different HR roles, did some C-suite HR, and then started in the consultative role. Most recently, I spent two and a half years with James Moore in a consultative role, um, really helping mostly small businesses, but large as well. Sometimes we have to help those larger organizations with their HR partners and helping their fragmentation and getting them back together. Yeah, I, I just real quickly, I'd love to just touch on that too. I mean, that's a little bit innovative all on its own. Accounting firms, you know, that may be something that they do in bigger cities, but for my little communities uh, where I come from, we don't have a lot of accounting firms kind of, you know, 
getting into the HR world, but it, it makes sense. It really does. And it's yeah. kind of the wave of the future in CPA firms. Um, James Moore is about 300 individuals on their staff. And what they were seeing, and they noticed an uptick in their clients asking questions to their CPAs. Hey, I have this issue. Well, at the time, they would forward them to our internal HR director, who then saw a trend. And she's like, I think this is a way we can grow. And she was really at the forefront. And we started kind right. of building the plane while we were flying it. Nice. And that's what's brought us here today. And we're kind of our own entity, advertising and serving clients that are just our clients. Wow. Nice. All right. So let's talk about the, the topic. What What is the... What is the new school of thought around this dealing with the, the multi-generation multi-generations in the workforce today? Um, how many generations? I remember one time there was a little statistic out there. This was the first time in the history that we had five generations yep. in in the workforce at the same time. Is that still hold true? I mean, we still got them. Technically, still true. There's about one percent that are still the traditionalist or silent generation, but of course, they're quickly phasing out. Um, boomers used to be the fastest growing, but after COVID, they are now the fastest leaving. Wow. Even it's so scary because I'm a Gen X, and about two percent of us are going to start retiring over the next couple of years, which is like stabbed to my heart. Oh, wait a minute, what happened to me? You know, <laughs> what are you? I'm a I'm at the very tail end of baby boomer. Okay, yeah. So. But I've got my retirement all worked out. I figure I'll I can retire at 92, and <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. I'll be completely done at know. that point. And yeah, we'll wheel you in. <laughs> you can still do podcasts. Yeah, that's right. You know, the, my problem was I was in that whole small business ownership. So right. Yes. Um, but so anyway, so we do, we still have uh, a, a couple of generations working together. So right. uh, talk to us about your presentation. Uh, what does this look like and how's it going out there? Well, I mean, if you embrace it and address it, it can go really great. It's when you put pre-existing stereotypes in your mind about how a set group is going to be and you adhere to that and you have no flexibility, that's when you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble. So if I automatically think a millennial's entitled or a boomer's never gonna change or a Gen Xer is just in for leadership, I might be you know, wedging myself in, or siloing myself in a situation and not open. But if you can make those generations like work their differences into a benefit, it serves a lot of purpose. A lot of innovation and creative thought comes as a result. Yeah, I mean, when you when you think about a team that would have the experience, wisdom of of a, the baby boomers, and and then the innovative creativeness and technology skills of a Gen Xer or millennial, you really you could see the possibilities there. Right. I mean, Perfect example I got in a discussion with a partner of an insurance firm, large insurance firm, and I said, how are you handling sales? Everybody says sales is really struggling because old school sales is all about relationships, relationships, and Gen Zers. It's all about tech, and how are you right. doing that? And he said, believe it or not, I had an epiphany with one of my younger individuals that they were getting first leads very well, and I said, what are you doing? And then he was doing enough research to find out where CEOs were on Instagram and then DMing them. Wow. And I would never grasp that concept. Like, that wouldn't right. even, to me, that's so personal to go into right. someone's personal account. But right. effective? Well, fearless. Right. Yeah. But very effective. Right. And yeah. he was 
getting leads and making big money as a result at yeah. his very young age. Well, I, you know, we had a guest on earlier during the JMI conference here uh, talking about using AI and mm -hmm. chat GPT and it's crazy to, to do things like develop leads and so I've had several of those conversations and it was a very hot topic at Sherm Nationals with AI and it's a little scary and how are we going to have policy and procedures managing that? I'm sure my CPAs are a little intimidated because it's all about time. It should take you this right. much time and now their billables are going to be affected. Right. And what's that look like? Um, so I would say it's the next big, you know, millennials was a big shift. COVID was a big shift in the workforce. And now AI is just going to be that third shift. And I got I to gotta ask you, too, um, you know, when we teach textbook, you know, business courses and, and we talk about, um, you know, engagement in the workforce, you know, we always do the surveys and we talk, you know, we, we always compare, you know, years ago, you know, it was really all about the salary and, mm -hmm. and the dollars. And then now we do these surveys and we, we find that really salary and, and, you know, payroll to, to a certain extent is not even in the top five anymore. Younger people are looking for those other things. The experience. Advancement, the experience, even travel. Right. And how do you, how does all that blend? I mean, that, to me, that's where I think the rub would come in. Where, well, I mean, I think it really starts off with your recruiting strategy and you advertising your brand to attract the people you want. So if your brand is, you know, you're a nonprofit, well, that's very enticing to a Gen Zer because they want to give back to the community. They're about, you know, how I right. impact society. Well, yeah, you can't pay somebody much in a nonprofit, but advertising to them, that hits their market very hard. So right. it really, again, I was just talking about this in my presentation, learned this from a much younger generational person, but she was an amazing talent manager. If you don't have your brand, your culture, it's very actually little about the actual job. Right. If it's more than two swipes, you've lost majority of your audience. Wow. Which, here I am, I used to throw up a job description and call it a day. Right. So it was a very educating learning that from her and now passing it on to so many. And that is, that's, that's all taking place purely in the recruitment yeah. process. Yeah, that's not even going into retention, catering right. your benefits to different audiences. There's statistics out there that, you know, a, a, a younger generation is more inclined to ask a coworker what they have for health insurance and just sign up blindly, but they'll study their cell phone and cell phone plan. So catering wow. to those audience, what's retirement look like? Some people don't ever think they're going to retire anymore. So right. why am I going to engage in that? I'd rather have money towards an Airbnb account so I can go travel. It's legit things that are happening out there. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that's a new one to me. I mean, I, um, you know, um, I did hear the other day. Well, of course, the big issue I hear about that we all talk about now, which I saw a big article on the other day, was about the you know, the whole debate about the four-day work week mm -hmm. and, the, and the burnout. And I'm assuming that is playing some role in all of this, too. Uh, Absolutely. Millennials, Gen Zers, is that, I mean, is that as big an issue as I hear it is with them? They, they really do like that four-day work week? And Absolutely. Flexibility is huge. And giving, and they, honestly, they want to work the schedule as they see fit, which obviously a lot of employers can't yeah, do. You yeah. have business hours. You have to adhere to them. I'm thinking of my medical practices. I have to see patients. I can't be remote. Right. But you can flex their schedule, and they are looking forward to that. And they can give hefty PTOs. I mean, at James Moore, we have unlimited PTO. 
And you would think that's a scary thought a lot. Like, oh my gosh, how do you manage that? Well, believe it or not, some of the generations are so hesitant about taking it. We have to be mandated to take time off because it's like, well, maybe I feel guilty where others, they have to rain back because they want to make it rain time off. And you right. can have blackout periods, of course, and it's all according to policy, but it's a big recruiting strategy to say, we love work-life balance. We will work with you, even in a high-stress job like CPAs and audit and tax. Talk to us about the the math and all of this. Uh, I was at a conference, uh, Small Biz Florida was there. Uh, it was a manufacturing conference, primarily focused on workforce. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the conversation was, uh, I think one of the folks we interviewed talked about, they said, look, we aren't really ever going to solve this problem because we just literally don't have the bodies to, no. to match up to all the available jobs. Um, so with that math, if that math is correct, I mean, how does one get competitive uh, in recruiting and, uh, and uh, attracting? I think a lot of it is actually in your retention plan and skills gap. Addressing where you're seeing those deficiencies and do you have internal members that you can train or cross train or pull over? Yeah, they might not necessarily have the education level, but if they've kind of been an outstanding employee and you see potential there, right. number one, it's a huge retainer. People love to stay with people that are dedicated to them. They're right. extremely loyal in those situations. Number two, it's a lot more affordable than hiring someone in. Right. It sounds horrible, but giving someone an increase versus recruiting someone in is extremely cost-saving. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point, and that always comes up in this whole HR conversation is it's a whole lot easier, more efficient, and less expensive to, to retain than it is to lose the employee and have to recruit all over again. A lot and of times, leadership is three times the salary to recruit someone in. So if you're right. bringing a $60,000, which is a lower-end leadership person, you could be upwards paying $180,000 by the time it's done. Between training, somebody filling in while that person's been gone, all those soft costs and hard costs, it adds up really quickly. So if you had to do the old... Um the, the old Google trick, uh, the top five things. I mean, what what are the top five things that an employer really should be doing to enhance retention and engagement? I think holistic approach is really the way to go. I mean, it kind of covers all the top things. People, even regardless of generation, want to be looked at individually. And again, this is kind of a new-ish mentality. It was not how it was when I first came into the work world. But looking at the individual, how they are in work, how they are out of work, how they feel valued, what motivates them. These are the key factors that if you look at an individual, they are much more engaged versus a blanket statement to everyone. All right. All right, I like it. How does uh, how does one engage with with you? Because you you talked about uh, James Moore. You this all came about to really service your internal clients, but now yeah, you're providing HR con everywhere. consulting everywhere. How does nation. one engage you? How does one find out what you do? Well, we have a great website at jamesmoore.com. I think it's backslash HR Solutions. Um, but you can find us easily on our website. We are on LinkedIn with James Moore HR Solutions. And, of course, I'm also on LinkedIn at Katie Howard um, PHR. Where LinkedIn. is James Moore kind of headquartered? So our biggest office is Gainesville, but I okay. don't. But we have offices in Tallahassee, um, a newest office in Ocala, 
DeLand nice. and Daytona. Um, I'm actually based outside of Jacksonville. Okay, so this James Moore is a Florida-based accounting firm. Correct, yep. correct. Okay. But we do have employees in 27 states. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, well, again, interesting conversation. Do you do? I'm. Do, do you do you do some instructional type courses? Did Training you offer? Training is huge. Yeah. Absolutely, wow. we do everything okay. from subscription packages for our employees where we're like a security blanket and they just need to, hey, am I doing this right? To where your HR director wow. and you have like a boots on the ground person, but they might not know the next level stuff. Well, you know, one of the issues that we dealt with, I'll never forget, we were doing a little tour of our community and we were visiting some businesses and, and the conversation came up that a, a lot of times these small businesses really just don't have... Um, the, the revenue resources to engage a full-time HR director. We're so basically I, HR timeshare. Right. So it's exactly that situation. A lot of times, like the CFO, the office manager, well, they do so much here. Now you get the HR hat. Uh, and that's right. a scary, scary position for somebody. At right. 15, you have employees. You have to remember Title VII applies. So you have to worry about discrimination and harassment at 15 employees. So that's, wow. the, so that's pretty small employer. That's, that is very small. But it only takes one, one person. Right. So, uh, again, important topic, HR, um, and uh, I guess it's worth noting too the big, uh, the big HR um, certification organizations and association, SHRM, and there's another now. Yes, what? I was. I'm in the old school. I was with HRCI, which is the PHR certification. Okay. Nice. So I, I've been certified for. I don't like to age myself in that generation, but a very long time. You, don't worry about aging yourself. You're <laughs> good. <laughs> now, when you talk age, you can talk me. Um, all right, listen, good stuff. Um, it's nice to know that uh, that there are services like there, uh, like yours, out there. I, you know, you're right. Where does a small business turn? Exactly. Uh, it would be nice to to be able to turn to your accounting firm and ask some of those basic questions. Um, so anyway, kind of very innovative, which is why I guess it's called you're the innovative HR consultant. Correct. Nice. Correct. It is Katie Howard uh, who serves as the innovative uh, HR consultant with James Moore. James Moore is an accounting firm, multi-office accounting firm across the state of Florida. One more time, how would somebody find you? Um, please go to our website, jmco.com backslash okay. 8 Solutions. And it's all about uh, multiple generations in today's workforce and responding to all those, uh, all those needs, desires, and wants. Correct. And we right. actually do three, uh, I call them couch sessions, like 30-minute therapy HR. So reach out to us. We'll definitely give you a shout and help you out. Nice. All right. Katie Howard, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for supporting the JMI conference here. This has thank been you fantastic. For, well, fantastic. Yep. It's a great conference. It's all about small business. Thank you for being a presenter and, and you bringing your experience me. and uh, information to the, to the attendees. This is Small Biz Florida. I am Tom Kindred, your host. It's all about small business here at the JMI 12th Annual Small Business Leadership Conference. Stay tuned. A lot more to come from the conference. This is Small Biz Florida. This has been Small Biz Florida, created and produced by the Florida Small Business Development Center at Indian River State College. Your host for Small Biz Florida is Tom Kindred. Partners for Small Biz Florida include WPSL and WSTU 
and Indian River State College, named the 2019 winner of the Aspen Prize for Community College Excellence.